0: All right. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome, New Life to New Life Church. So glad you guys are here. Second Sunday in two thousand and nineteen, and so it's good to see you guys here this morning. Listen, um, I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles with me to Genesis, the book of Genesis, first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter nineteen. Kicking off this new year. Last week we. uh, began our year with uh, praying a New Year blessing over everyone and your families and your household. And we gave that prayer out, and I think we have some of those available still at our uh, Connect areas there at the very back before you leave. Be sure to pick one of those prayers up if you did not get one or you lost yours uh, or whatever, and you can have that to be praying over your life and your household. We also are kicking off the New Year with a church-wide 21-day Prayer and fast, and um, and so we are looking primarily at some uh, at a devotional that uh, that highlights what is called the Psalms of Ascent, Psalms of Ascent, and so that's what we're going to start today with a short series called Lift Off, Psalms of Ascent, and that is found in uh, the Psalms 120 through Psalm 134, it's 15 Psalms, and we're gonna. We're going to get into a couple of those today, and we're going to talk about that and the impact it has on our life and what God is speaking to us through those particular psalms. But we're going to start in our main text here, which is in Genesis chapter 19, and it's in, uh, we're going to read a few different verses scattered throughout this, um, this chapter, and it's also on the screen behind me. Chapter 19, verse 1 says, That evening the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there. Lot is Abraham's nephew. He was sitting there. When he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. I'm going to skip down to verse 12. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city, they asked. Get them out of this place, your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, anyone else, for we are about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great, it has reached the Lord, and he has sent us to destroy it. Verse 17, when they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered them, saying, run for your lives and don't look back, or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh, no, oh, no, my Lord, Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you have shown such great kindness. I cannot go to the mountains. He says, Disaster would catch up to me there, and I would soon die. He said, See, there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life. Will be saved. Verse 21. All right, the angel said, I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village was known as Zoar, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. And verse 26 says, But his wife looked back as she was following behind him. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Let's pray today over God's word. Gracious God, we are here before you today and we thank you for your presence. As we gather together as a church body, we, we are acknowledging your presence here and we're welcoming others around us here today in fellowship and worship. And now as we open your word, speak to us. Give us ears to hear, a heart to understand God, to receive what it is you're saying Lord, we want the the steps of our life this year to have traction and to, to move forward and not backwards. To stay on track with you and your will and your purpose. So God, today help us to grasp, to receive, to understand, and to begin to really walk in the greater things that you have for us and our households in this new year in 2019. I ask you to fill my mouth with your word. Help me to bring it forth in honor of you. It would help us, Lord, to serve you greater we honor you and we thank you now in Jesus' name. You can say amen. 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 So we're in this series called Lift Off Psalms of Ascent and I've titled today's message Upward and Onward. The word ascent means movement upward from a lower place to a higher place. It's the act of climbing or traveling up. That's what that means. And So we're going to flip over, and we're going to look at these Psalms of Ascent. We're going to look at a few different verses here in just a moment. I invite you, if you've got your Bibles, flip over to Psalm 120, and they're all going to be kind of there around on the same page that we're going to look at today. Under each chapter heading, uh, it it says, or at least in in my translation, it says, A Song for Pilgrims Ascending to Jerusalem. Ascending to Jerusalem, to go up. Can can you just say Upward? Upward. Say it again. Say upward. So these songs that Israel sang were, they sang on their way. Excuse me for that. Let move it back a little bit. They sang these songs on their way to celebrate God at the seasonal feast and festivals that, that they were instructed to go on. And they provide an invitation uh, for us to travel upward. That's what these psalms do. I'm trying to give some meaning and context to what these are about. They provide an invitation for us to travel upward to, to grow closer to God. And so um, it's been said about these psalms. It says that the psalms of ascent are like placing our feet in the footprints of others and reminding ourselves to be moved again. To keep walking forward in the direction of God. Placing our lives and these footprints of these who have gone before us. Some think that these 15 songs represent the 15 steps that lead from the outward court of the temple into the inner court of the temple. Others think these 15 songs represent the various stages of people's journey throughout life. Nonetheless, here's the thing about these psalms, these 15 Psalms of Ascent is this is they they invite us, they invite you, they invite me to draw closer to God and for God to draw closer to us. James said this in in the apostle James he referenced it last week that he says we draw closer to God, God draws closer to us. In other words, draw near to the Lord, the Lord will draw near to you. It's a, it's a game changer that anytime you and I make a move towards God, God quickly makes great strides towards us. And in so doing, then we begin to feel, to know, and to experience life with the very presence of God in our life, helping us out moving us forward as we were graciously... Encouraged by Stephanie this morning that our lives are really in the palm and the hands of God. If we see ourselves there and know that that's where we are positioned and where we're to be placed, God handles things. God helps us. God helps us move. God helps us to take the steps forward in life that we need to take. And that's really my prayer, has been my prayer this week, that for our church, for all of us, for my life included, that, man, I want to draw closer to God because I need God to draw close to me. I need him to be great in my life. I need him to help me in all the various ways of life and the various things that he's called me to do and what he how he wants me to live. I need him to draw close to me. I want to know his presence. I want to feel his presence. I want to experience his presence. I don't want to just go through this thing because it's a religion. I want to go through this thing because God wants to have a relationship with me. And I want my soul to connect with him. I want my life to be in step with him. I want my heart to beat for him. Amen? I want my life to make sense, I want it to matter, I want it to be significant, and it's not because I do it, it's because the Lord himself is living and breathing on the inside of me, and as I draw close to him, as we move in step with him, God himself will move closer to you and I, and that's what these Psalms invite us for to do. Let's take a look at these. Real quick. I'm just gonna look at a couple of verses as we move forward today. Psalm 120. Gonna look at them in order. Psalm 120, verse 1 says, I look, excuse me, I says, I took my troubles to the Lord. It matters where you take your troubles to. It matters where you take your troubles to. I take, I took my troubles to the Lord. He said, I cried out to him, and what did he do? He answered my prayer. He answered my prayer. Psalm 121, verse 1, says, I look up. Can you say that? Say, I look up. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. But the key there is looking up, looking up. Psalm 122, verse 1, says, David said, I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. There was this thing that was happening inside of David. He was glad that when the people around him, they were traveling towards to ascend into Jerusalem, into the temple, to meet God. They said, man, I was glad when they said, hey, let's go into the house of God because that is where we will encounter the Lord. Psalm 123. Psalm 123 says, I lift my eyes. There it is again. These are, again, you can see the common thread in all of these. It's about upward movement. I lift my eyes. I lift my eyes to you, O God enthroned in heaven. We keep looking to the Lord our God For his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. The language here is about looking up to the Lord. It says a lot about where we look to for our help. We can all look to different things. We can all look to different uh, aids in this life for our help. For our assistance, for our relief in our spirit, for our relief in our soul, for our relief in our life, whatever it might be. But the Psalms here invite us to look up. They invite us to move upward. They invite us to look beyond ourselves and even beyond people and to begin to see that our troubles are to be taken to God. That we are to look beyond the mountains, the things that stand in front of us, and we are to look into the horizon and see that God is on his way. We are to look to him, to lift our eyes to him, Psalm 124. And incidentally, these particular psalms are the ones that, are, that we're together as a church we're going through as, in our daily devotions, okay? So we have these on our website, newlifechurchofjackson.org. At the, if you go to the homepage, you'll see... uh uh, a picture there on the bottom that says 21 days of prayer and fast click on that it'll take you right to the link here with all these different daily devotionals and so it's a psalm a day and um and so we're going through these together as a church psalm 124 david said what if the lord had not been on our side think about your life what if the lord had not been on your side then he says, let all Israel repeat. In other words, hey, let the church repeat. Say this, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Can you say that out loud? What if the Lord had not been on our side? Think about it. Then he says, if he was not on our side, he said they would have swallowed us alive. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. The raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. In other words, we would be taken out. We would not have made it. Think about your trials of 2018. Think about your challenges of 2018. Think about the difficulties of 2018. And think about it this way. What if God was not on your side? (coughs) What if the Lord was not with you? Whatever it was you faced would have truly ended you. What have depleted you? What have exhausted you? What have taken you out? Think about it that way. What if the Lord was not on your side? he goes on to say, he says, praise the Lord who did not let their, their teeth tear us apart. We escaped. The trap is broken and we are free. And our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Again, acknowledging where help truly comes from. The Lord is on our side. So think about life in this year. And think about where you want to be positioned. Think about how you want your life to go in the sense of where you want to be. Do you want to be in God's hands? Or do you want to try to go through life all on your own? That's what last week was about as a church family, praying God's blessing on our life in the sense of we recognize that when we aim our life in God's direction, we're in agreement with what God wants to do in our life this year. His gracious hand then becomes firmly fixed upon our life to bring favor and completion and encouragement and help and care that we need for our life. That's where I want my life to be. I don't want to find myself going through January and getting into March and past Easter and April and then into the summer and all this stuff and, and then trying to, f- wondering, why is my life a mess? Why am I falling apart? Why are things really, really getting to me? There at the near the end of 2018, I was allowing so many things to get to me. Yeah. I, was, I was getting frustrated and irritable and I was less patient I had less joy ending last year. And I was praying the whole time, Lord, I need something to change. I need me to change. Because he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there are some things in me that needed to change. And I'm praying into this new year that, Lord, help me to live this life Help me to live this year just in this one way, drawing closer to you. Because if I will do that, he will draw close to me. I will will have his presence. I will have his help. I will have his favor. I will have his encouragement. I will have his victory at work in my life. As Stephanie admonished us earlier again in the songs that we sang in worship to, that God has overcome, and we need our life to be right in him, and when that happens, think about it for this year, think about it, remember where your help comes from, remember where you need to be looking to, so when you find yourself, the psalm, another psalm that says when my, when my heart is overwhelmed, please lead me to the rock that is what, higher, Than I. You get it? You see where this is going? Higher than I. God's thoughts and God's ways, the prophet said, are higher and above ours. That's the thing about it. We are called to set our sights on the things above and not on the things that are beneath. Set our sights on the things above and not on the things that are beneath. So where are we looking to? Who are we looking to? What are we looking to? Friends, your answers and our answers to our problems are not found in people. God uses people, but they are ultimately not the answer and the supply to us. God is. God initiates. The Bible says that God is the author and the finisher. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's the one who writes it out and scripts it out for us. So who do we need to be looking to? The Lord. And so this story back in Genesis, we're going to get back to the main text. This story with Genesis is Lot, Abraham's nephew. The Lord sent these two angels to him and were visiting him to let him know, hey, where you're at, it's not good. You might be okay, but where you're at, that's not where God has you. This is not where he has you. He wants to move you along. He wants to create a fresh start in your life, a new season in your life. But here's the thing. You've got to do something. He says, here's, and this is what he told him. The angels told him, he said, don't look back. He told him, when you leave, don't look back. Don't look back. He said, don't settle or stop anywhere in the valley. And he told him, escape to the mountains. In other words, go high. Ascend. See where we're headed? Ascend. But what did Lot do? Lot pleaded and begged, and he settled. He told him, don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in between. Go high, go up, ascend to the mountains. And instead, Lot settled for a small village named Zoar, which means little place or little places. His wife didn't make it because she looked back. And here's a question for us. How often... Have we settled for the Zoars in life, the little places in life, instead of just pressing a little further to go up the mountain of God to draw near to Him? How often, how often have you and I given in and just settled for the small things? Instead of pressing in and pressing onward and drawing closer to the Lord. You know the thing about it, Lot was really never mentioned anymore after that. Peter, the Apostle Peter references him in Second Peter chapter 2 and he says, Lot was a righteous man, absolutely. God delivered him from all the evil that was happening there in Sodom and Gomorrah because he was tired of dealing with that. Did not like that, didn't sit well with him. God delivered him. But here's the thing, because he's settled for the small place, His lineage after him, his offspring after him. Instead of producing great things for God, Lot's lineage produced roadblocks for God. How do you want the rest of your life and your offspring to go? Based on the decisions you make today. The decisions you and I make today affect the generations after us. We need to realize that. We need to remember that. We need to know that we don't just live this life just for us in the 89, 92 years or whatever it is we get. It affects the generations after us. And so Lot's offspring to Moabites and the Ammonites. Sound familiar to somebody? Those became roadblocks. Moabites and Ammonites became roadblocks to the children of Israel when they were going in to take over the promised land and enter into what God promised. This is what the Lord wants. But the Moabites and the Ammonites were roadblocks to God's people, and they were the offspring of Lot. How about that Abraham? We're talking about Father Abraham had many sons and many sons. That Father Abraham, right arm, left arm, all of that... If you never heard that, you got to go back to old school kids' church. <laughs> Some of you, that's the most movement you've had today, right there. Right on left. Abraham's nephew, Lot, yeah. His, he produced with his lineage roadblocks for the Lord, for God's people. I don't want it to be said of me and my offspring... Smith lived, died, had X amount of kids and grandkids, etc. They were all roadblocks for the Lord. That would stink. Right? That would stink. But we have a way to change that. We have a way to ensure that when we draw close to him now, today, today, in this year, All of that came because of the decision that Lot made to settle for the small places instead of ascending to the mountain to draw near to the Lord. Here's the thing, throughout our life, always, here's what God's after, our heart. If you think God's after your checkbook, no. If you think God's after, what, your house, no. He's after your heart. From the heart flows the issues of life. Out of the heart flows everything else. If God can get our heart, He can get and have everything else because we will willingly surrender it all to Him. So one decision, instead of paying the price to go up the mountain, lot settled for the small place. Here's the thing I want to say. This 21-day prayer and fast that we do At the beginning of the year. It's about paying the price to go up. It's not fun fasting. Right? If you thoroughly enjoy it. You know something I don't know. There are certain things I don't like to give up. Not fun to my flesh. But it's about paying the price to go up. It's about not settling for the little places that rob us from producing greatness for the Lord. Because we all have our life and our lineage at stake here. It's called eternity. God wants to be great in us. He wants to do great things in our life. And it begins, however, with drawing closer to Him. Being willing to lay aside something or some things to run this race with endurance. And that's where I want to end that today is Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12, this is the first, just the first verse Um, Brandon, you guys, can you come back up? Is Brandon, yeah, there you are. During this time frame that we set aside, it's about, Praying to God and asking Him some things about our life, about our future, about our families, about our country, about our world. In Hebrews 12, the writer says this in verse 1. He says, since we are surrounded. First off, he starts out, therefore, because of the previous chapter, it's what's called offering reference as the hall of faith, the hall of faith, and so many examples of faith represented there, and he says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, other translations say they're cheering us on, and that's the thing to remember, all the saints who have, lived and died and have gone before us who are there. They're included in that great cloud of witnesses. And they're cheering on us today. Some we know. Some who have gone on ahead that you personally know. Who are cheering us on. And as they're cheering us on for this right here. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Strip off every weight that slows us down. You know, to climb God's mountain... To go up, we have to be willing to let go of some extra baggage and weight. So the question for us is this. What weights are you trying to carry into this year that you know God is saying, just let it go? What weights are you trying to carry into this year? Weights of fear, anxiety, doubt, unbelief, insecurity, what are some weights that you are trying to carry into this year? And I, and I don't know about you, but I, some, I get tired of carrying some of the same weights year after year because I just don't take the time to pay attention to them. I kind of pretend sometimes they don't exist. I kind of hope they just kind of go away. But they don't go away if I keep feeding them. They stick around, right? They stick around. We've got these great cloud of witnesses that are up there cheering us on. And what they're in essence saying, look, you don't need what you think you need. You don't need the extra weight that you think you need. You don't need that excess baggage that you think you've got to just carry around. What extra weight are you carrying around that's preventing you from truly ascending up the mountain of God? They also say this, strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. To climb God's mountain, we have to let go of things that easily trip us up. The question is, what sins are we trying to carry into this year? Where we know God is saying, now's the time. Just let me have that. You don't need that anymore. You don't need that anymore. And I'm not talking about a list of sins. Because we can get good at that. We can start naming sins and listing them, man. We can start comparing. Now, this one isn't as bad as that one. Now, if I just stop doing that one and just do this little one, I'll be all right. And it's not about the comparison of sins and making a list of sin. Here's Let me just help you out. The the shortest, basic, most definition of sin is this. Anything that causes you and I to miss our mark with God. That way, that takes us out of comparing ourselves with somebody else. And thinking, well, I ain't as bad as somebody. Right? Think about it. So instead of thinking about a list, because we all have a list. We have them in our life. We've got a list of sins, disobedience. Think about it this way. What is happening in my life right now where God is just really, really touching my heart saying, You don't need that because that is causing you to miss your mark for me. Think about it that way. And think about it. What is that? The Lord is saying, Just let me have that. Because God cares, He cares so much, He doesn't want any one of us to miss our mark with the life and the purpose that He's put us here for. He does not want that to happen. He provides a way out through Christ Jesus. And then the writer says this waits off, sends off. Let us run with endurance. The race that God has set before us. The word endurance sticks out there. Endurance. I want to run the race that God has set before me in this new year. With endurance. And with endurance I want to be able to say I do it with joy. I do it with gratitude. I do it with thanksgiving. I do it with humility. I do it with honor that God so cared for me that he created me for a good work in this year. That I'm not going to let the excess baggage or the sins that trip me up get in the way. No, God, I'm going to draw close to you and I'm going to let you have all this stuff. And I'm going to live this year not out of my own strength, not gritting it in my teeth until I can make it. No, I'm going to live by the grace that you have given me run with endurance how do we run this race with endurance we have to let go and we really do have to let God amen so whether you know what you need to let go of or whether you don't know here's the thing that I want to help you out with Step into this journey with us as a church if you have not yet. And during these 21 days, now we're a third of the way through, over the next 14 days, I really believe the Lord will speak to you and show you, hey, drop that. Hey, let me have that. Hey, let my grace touch that. Hey, let my love forgive that. But here's what you've got to do. Here's what I have to do. We have to do this. We've got to do something. If you want something to change, you can't do nothing. You have to do something. And here's the two things that I think we can do. Give ourselves to the word of God and decide, choose, fast, something. Whatever that is. You name it, you do it, it's between you and the Lord. That's why, one, we provide the daily devotionals online. If you have trouble gaining traction, getting into God's Word, just take the time to open up your website on your smartphones or something that connects you to the web, newlifechurchofjackson.org, connect to the Word of God every day. There's a daily devotional. You can plug into it. It even has a prayer. How about that? Something to get our face into God's word. Something to make our heart begin to reflect what God is trying to get into us. And then determine to fast something. Fast something, whatever that is. Because here's the thing, God is looking for a response from us. It's just January the 13th, right? Second Sunday of the, week, of the year. We've got 50 more Sundays to go. Together as a church. Together as faith, community, people. Let's go up the mountain. That's where God is. Let's go up the mountain. I invite you, if you can, stand to your feet. We're going to go through a song here. As we go through this song, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what's been presented today. What's been prayed. What's been preached, what's been dropped in our hearts by encouragement, think about your life this year. Let's go up the mountain. Let's go up the mountain.